This podcast is produced by Stirred Media. Hi, I'm Roscoe, and you're listening to the Roadie Podcast. It's an exciting time here at Roadie. We've been busy exploring the country shooting content, and we're building a travel app to help people find cool things to do out on the road. We decided to make this podcast to take you behind the scenes and bring you along for the ride. Kia ora. you're listening to episode two of the Roadie Podcast. If you haven't already, I'd suggest going back and having a listen to episode one, where we lay the foundations about what this series is all about. I'm once again joined by Johnny. Kia ora. Johnny, how are you? I'm good. I'm full of good energy. That's what we want to hear. That's it. Yeah, been pretty busy since the last time we were uh, we were on here. Yeah, it's, it's nice to be back in the office. I guess for our listeners overseas, New Zealand's been in a bit of a lockdown scenario due to some of the COVID cases, so... In Wellington, where we're based, we've moved back to what's called a level two, which gives us a little bit more freedom, but definitely feeling for our, our friends and family up in Auckland at the moment who are still stuck in a bit more of a lockdown situation. Yeah, level four. Level four. It's punishing. It's mm. punishing. So you guys might recall in our last episode, we were looking for a drink sponsor. Now, fortunately, we had Fortune Favors come on board and sponsor the podcast. So thank you so much, Fortune Favors, for coming along for the journey. Today, we're drinking the Adventurer, which is a 5% Pilsner. Gotta love a pilly. Fortune Favors have kindly given us a discount code, which you can chuck in at the checkouts on their websites, Rody, all in caps, and that'll get you a cool, calm, cheeky 15% off your first online order. And yeah, over the next couple of episodes, we're going to be sampling a different drop each week. They have four in their signature range, which can be found in all good supermarkets and liquor stores nationwide. Oh, it's not bad. It's not bad. Nice. So, episode two. Feels uh, pretty good to be back. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely, it's been a wild ride already with this uh, this podcasting thing. Yeah, let's uh, let's have a little chat about what actually went into that first episode. A lot more than you'd think, eh? Putting together a podcast, I think even just working out what to talk about and what people might find interesting, whether that's the travel side of Rody or the business side or the app. We obviously put out a few polls and stuff on on the Instagram to try and get some feedback. But it was interesting because you know a lot of people found different things interesting that they would prefer us to talk about. So yeah, and then of course the podcast tile. We went through a bunch of different options there. I know I like the baby blue one the best, but kind of got, got pipped at the final hurdle with the, the pole when the OG navy and orange colors came through. Yeah, good solid branding colors though as well. I think I was leaning more towards that uh, that navy blue tile as well. That's the one that stuck out for me. Yeah, and I mean, we've got about four or five people that are involved in putting together this podcast and between the five of us, we all sort of like different ones, which made it even yeah. even more challenging. And then, yeah, we thought, let's settle this the right way and put it to the poll. And <laughs> Once and for all. I think it was a uh, 49 plays 51%. So, yeah. Yeah, it was, a, uh, it was a tight battle. And thank you everybody for voting on that poll. Of course, it gave us the answer that we needed. Absolutely. And then the sound design came next. Oh, uh, sound design. <laughs> you may have noticed that in our sort of intro spiel, there's a little car door slamming at the end of that. Uh, but just some of the thinking that went into that. And I know we tried to add like a horn in and yeah. car tire screeching with him. We're like, no, that's a bit bogan. We'll get rid of that. The amount of iterations that we had were going back and forth with that bloody, that, that one sound effect at the end of the intro. But it's so crucial. And I feel like um, there is a real emphasis on like a sound signature. And I think that will hopefully follow through as being the roadie sound signature for the rest of this podcast. Absolutely. What have we got on the agenda today? Well, to kick it off, why don't you uh, give us a little bit of an update on uh, on where roadie's at and what have you been up to for the last month since the last podcast? Yeah, cool. Um, it's been been a busy couple of months, actually. We've got a couple of really key partnerships, which we're really excited about. One um, is with Camplify, who we've partnered with before. We've got a bit of a six-month partnership with them where we're doing two different 
Camper van road trips. We're looking at getting the first one underway in November, which is really exciting. For those that don't know, Camplifier is basically like the Airbnb for camper van hire. So if you've got a camper van that's sitting in your garage, I could essentially rent it and take it away on, a, on an epic trip. So awesome company, great idea. Obviously, there's so many camper vans that sit there and gather dust for you know 95% of the year. So I just think it's a great idea to you know put use to them. Other key partnership that we've got is with the Top of the South Group, which basically makes up Marlborough, Kaikoura, Hiranui, West Coast, and Nelson Tasman regions. So we're doing a 10 to 12 day trip in October. And of course, you're coming along, Johnny. That's going to be yeah, one to, to remember. Yeah, 12 days on the road, basically shooting a bunch of content to promote the, tr- the touring route, putting together a long, long video, a bunch of photos. Should be epic. It's going to be a big shift. It's going to be a huge shift. Yeah, October's looking looking pretty busy. So <laughs> it's been good to have a couple of couple of more quiet weeks, you know, behind the computer to get a lot of the app stuff done and, and moving um, because October's looking like a lot of time on the road. Yeah, yeah. Well, why don't you give us a bit of an update on the app? Is there any any changes in the last month? Sort of how far have you come? Can you shed some light on that? Yeah, definitely. I guess the key changes are sort of behind the scenes with a lot of the development. So we've just started integrating map software so that you can kind of see things on a map and what that might look like as pins coming up on a map and even making decisions around what that map looks like like is it does it have roads does it have titles for place names does it have gradients and show mountains so these are sort of some of the decisions we're making the designs really coming along so we've been working alongside our designers and they've come up with some really cool badge concepts for when you tick off these milestones and we're going for quite a nostalgic look which is awesome Lou so is pretty good eh? yeah Lou is pretty good mm. but yeah kind of going for that almost like boy scout vibe where kind of like hand-drawn sort of badges with the hiking badge and those are kind of really nostalgic colors because I feel like I don't know travel is such a nostalgic thing and I think if we can bring that out through some of the badges and the illustrations in the app, it could be pretty cool. Awesome. Awesome. All right. So let's talk about some of the uh, key app decisions that you're having to make at the moment. Of course, you've just had a round of user testing. Yeah. Do you want to shed some light on some of those decisions that you're having to make? Yeah, absolutely. I think one of the biggest decisions that we're trying to get our head around at the moment is what does the user's profile look like on the app? And when we started it, it looked a lot like we were creating Instagram and I think it's just because it's an app that we're used to and we wanted to make it quite visual. But we started putting together this profile that looked a lot like an Instagram grid. Mm. So some of the key feedback we got from the user testing session was could we make it something a bit more interactive and put a bit more of a, a bit more of a roadie vibe to it rather than trying to make something that's already happened. So we've actually got a little bit of a snippet. We recorded the whole user testing session so we could come back to it. So let's try and integrate some of this into the potty and yeah, let everyone hear what, what went down. Yeah, let's do it. And like the way you've laid it out is, it's, it feels very much like Instagram with the three squares, make it bigger. And it's really nice. But also what if it was like, you just changed the way we interacted? How about like if you had a profile, and like you were saying with like the map of the country, that like every time you, say you went to, so I went to Castle Point, and I tick Castle Point off, you get pinned, and then you can, you know, see what you've posted at Castle Point. Oh, Scott's only been to Castle Point. Like that, that is your profile. Mm. So this this page is your profile instead of the pictures? Instead of the pictures. And, and, then, just, and then I could click on the pictures yeah. and then pull up the bigger image of it? Yeah. Do you like that, do you like that better than the it's other? It's just different, different, isn't it? It's, yeah, there's a, there's a point of difference. Um, and you see, like, I guess, when you go to hospitals, there's always pins on a map yeah. where people are from or where they've yeah. been. 
um, and it's cute like yes, I'm pulling that in. I know, like personally, my my phone, like my maps on my phone, I have because like I don't have like there's no app right, so I'm constantly pin dropping yeah. on my Google Maps yeah. and taking them off. So whenever I go onto like New Zealand, I've got like you've got your pins everywhere. So it would be kind of cool to be like, it's also really satisfying, and I think like. I think the bad idea is cool, but if I can look at a map and be like, oh my god, like I've been to all these places in this area, and like if I can go onto someone else's profile and be like, oh, like Sarah's been to like all these places in this area, yeah. maybe I could like talk to her about that because you visually can like see she's been to that area really well, and I've I really know this area, and that feels more interactive. Yeah, so some some great points there. Um, such a valuable session, and yeah, the biggest thing I guess for us that came out of that was making a profile that's a bit more engaging and the idea of having a map as a profile that essentially shows the, the places that you've ticked off as pins on a map, we thought was a great idea. So that's the kind of path where we're looking to head down. The other key decision that we've been trying to get our head around is about the photo sharing side of the app. So once you tick off one of these experiences, we're thinking about having the app, you know, asking if you want to upload a photo and that could be you upload a photo now or it could be later. But one thing where we really want to know is how important is this to the app? Like, are people actually going to use this app to upload photos or are they just going to think, here, I can upload it to Instagram or Facebook and not bother with it? here but we're also kind of liking the idea that your profile on the app or your as a map would then be pins with a collection of your photos from those experiences so i guess a place to have all your travel photos in one place which some people from the user testing session really liked but definitely keen to get your feedback on how important that photo sharing ability is on this app mm. and would you use photo sharing on the app yeah if you could flick us a message any feedback would be much welcome there johnny what are your thoughts I feel like I would use it. I feel like as a as a photographer and a travel photographer, I would I would love to be able to almost like go into my Instagram and pick a location and kind of see the photos that I took in that location instead of having to almost like kind of scroll my Instagram and try and find the certain ones or maybe more as, you know, every now and again I get somebody ask me like, hey, like what are some cool things to do in Wanaka or whatever? And I will kind of maybe have to scroll through my gram and kind of go through mm. and sort of find some of those cool things just as like reference points and then I can send in that photo and be like, hey, like you could you could go here and this is the kind of what you can expect it'd be pretty cool to be able to like collect them into one area click that on the map bring up all your photos from there and um, yeah i reckon that's got um it's got some good functionality about it and you'd also be able to check out other people's profiles as well so you could check out your mates profiles and see oh yeah they've been to a bunch of places in Wanaka and look at their photos so there's that function too and i, I wonder as well whether i mean like obviously instagram is in some cases for people a very curated platform mm. whereas i wonder if this is kind of an opportunity to potentially just upload some more raw travel photos and not worry about going home necessarily and spending a while editing whereas you could just sort of slap it up once you've been there and i think there's probably two different users there one's the person that cares more about their <laughs> really curated content mm. versus someone that's just like i've been there i've ticked it off i'll get a photo let's that's go it. get a beer yeah because <laughs> yeah. not everybody not everybody's a photographer and you've got to expect that with the users of this app you know not everyone's going to have a dslr not everyone's going to have the latest iphone like you almost got to allow that raw and organic user experience come through with the app and i think you will see a lot of that yeah and i mean one thing we'd be talking about as well is right the user uploads these photos but where do these photos go like other than on the profile and on your personal map is there like a user generated feed or where do these photos go and we're thinking of at the start it was like yeah let's have a user generated feed but i think we're trying to do too much there and it becomes again more sort of a social media-esque platform the idea that we do have is that 
once you tick off an experience, your user-generated photo would then be attributed to that experience. So, for example, if you're looking at the Tongariro Crossing, you might jump on there, you'd see Rody's photos first, and then you'd essentially be able to see some user-generated photos from the crossing underneath, and you'd be able to see the most recent ones, which we think could kind of be cool, could help people see what conditions are there currently, but also just, you know, to check out other people's photos. We're all curious about the photos that other people took as well. Mm, mm. So this idea for having this almost like user-generated kind of map and this kind of interface, was this is this something that's kind of recently developed, or has this always been in the pipeline from from thinking about the app, like kind of tell us how some of the ideas over time have kind of changed or or developed um, as the app has been developed. I think the biggest thing's actually been getting rid of ideas. When we started this, we had so many ideas and right back to the start, it was like, this is going to do this and it's going to have a user-generated feed and it's going to have directions to the place. And, um, you know, we had so many ideas, but I think the big learning has been to actually try and strip as many of these ideas back to its core function. What's this app's core function? Well, you throw the ball and then chase after it, don't you? <laughs> exactly. And yeah, and the core function of this app is to discover these epic things and to have it all in one platform. So it's, yeah, it's about that local knowledge in one place. And I think by incorporating too many different features, you can really take away from the core function and mm. confuse the user, which is also some feedback we got the other day from the from the session. So one thing we're working on at the moment is just stripping it right back, especially for our launch, just to make it super clear what what we're trying to do. Awesome. So we've all got that friend in our friend group who you know gets a bit lit up on Saturday night and he comes up to you and he starts telling you about his great app idea that he has. And like, how do you actually take an idea for an app and turn that into a reality? Yeah, your first point cracked me up because I actually had someone recently tell me that they were going to start a vending machine for sunscreen in Oriental Bay in Wellington. It's another um, bad idea. <laughs> it's got know. legs. I mean, there is a hole in the ozone layer. You do get burned here, but I don't know how many... I don't know if there's going to be enough beach days in Wellington. To, oh, gosh. Yeah, I, I think if I go right back to the start, it was all about doing heaps of validation. Like We honestly just spoke to hundreds of people about the pain points when it came to booking and planning travel. So I think stripping it back, that was the, the first port of call. And we were just asking people about how they went about finding things to do and booking travel and what that looked like because we wanted to make sure that this problem or this idea that we thought was a problem was a pain point for enough other people. Mm. So that was the first point of call, which kind of led us to the problem, which we think is that it's really difficult to find really cool things to do around the country and to find that information in one place. Yeah, from there, it was coming up with, with the idea of how we can put that into a product, which is, I guess, bringing in that whole Pokemon Go and ticking things off. And mm. we wanted to do more than just create a platform. We wanted to make it interactive and fun as well. Mm. And then it honestly was just getting the pen out, getting the getting the ballpoint pen out in the paper and drawing out what each screen of the app might do. So what's the home screen kind of look like? What do the buttons do that lead you to the next page? What functionality does it have? Yeah, and... It was really fun kind of playing around with that. And like I was saying before, you chuck in so many features that are sort of gone <laughs> at this point. Mm. From there, I used a program called Balsamic, which is like a basically bringing those frames or those screens to life. And you can create kind of using like these little sketches online. But when you click buttons, it kind of takes you through to the next screen. So it kind of goes the step further. But at a really basic level, they still look like sketches basically. Mm. And then from there, it was like, okay, let's bring a designer and actually bring them to life a little bit more and make some wireframes, which is similar to what I've done, but just a more designed 
version and that really brought it to life because now they started looking semi-cool and they had the roadie colors involved and our photos in there and it's like oh this is actually this is looking pretty good and from there it's it's the user testing so we then went and showed it to a bunch of people we're getting them to interact with it and click through and you know asking questions like if you click here what do you what do you expect to happen on the app just to make make sure that you know what we think is intuitive is actually the case we got a lot of feedback from that first round of user testing we went back and we made some more changes to the wireframes and then yeah it's basically that process of iterating and then going back getting more feedback and that's kind of where we're at at the moment although we're getting a lot closer with having done quite a few user testing sessions now where we're getting closer to what we think is going to be our, our mvp or yeah the first product that we put out there all right well let's tuck into some questions uh, we've had a few come through from the question boxes you put up during the week on the on the stories our first question is, you mentioned on the last episode that content creators need to be authentic. How would you describe Rody's authentic style? Good question. I'd say our style is 100% based around people. So our focus is always on people and places having a good time. When we started in the content game, we were just putting up a lot of landscapes, which are obviously awesome. But as soon as we started adding a human element to it, that's when we really saw people start to relate to our content and I guess picture themselves there by having that human focus in the content. Uh, but I think as well, we we really try hard to just have fun with it and sort of show the good times. Uh, we don't take ourselves too seriously. So we try and bring that out in our content as well as obviously using good cameras and good drones and stuff to, to get the crispy content. But I think it's all, all comes back to the people and in the question, I think they use the word authentic. So it's really comes back to being authentic to who we are. And yeah, Johnny, that actually reminds me of a piece of content that you've put out recently that I thought was fairly authentic, which was some of that work you've done with TJ Pedernara. Cool perspective, like taking it back to like a fan's perspective and asking him questions through like an interview. So I guess for our listeners, Johnny did a bit of work with All Black Number 9, TJ Pedernara, and it was kind of asking questions from a fan perspective, but Speaking to an All Black, which I just thought was so cool because so often you see All Blacks just speaking commentators and they're a bit uptight and, yeah. you know, it's full credit to the boys and, yeah. you know, whereas this was kind of more raw and TJ talking about some of the tries that he set up against Australia and, yeah, I thought it was a unique piece of content. So tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so I guess I'm pretty privileged to be working with TJ. Actually, the opportunity to, to work with him came from just a, an Instagram DM. Um, I saw he was getting married about four years ago and I just DM'd um, his now wife Greer and I was like hey like I make wedding videos like you know do you want a wedding video she didn't reply it took her eight months to reply it took her eight months she finally replied eight months later and she's like yeah do you want to come along and film my wedding for us I was like oh yeah TJ Perinara I love rugby union so I went along filmed the wedding and um, a couple of years later you know he's slipping into my DM saying hey like I really want to up, up my content you know is this something that you'd be interested in doing how yeah it is so um, what a place. <laughs> DMs, bro, it's a powerful, it's a powerful place. So I'm I'm quite lucky in the in the sense that um TJ and even some of the other boys are, are really into um up in their content and seeing the value in authentic content. So at the moment we've got uh, what we've called the post match who are we going? We'll just have a have a Zoom call. I'll ask him some questions about the game that just happened and some other things that are kind of going on and and he'll give us like a real life, real show and tell on on what's actually going on. Nice. Okay, so question number two. Pros and cons of different types of accommodation in New Zealand. For example, hostels, hotels, glamping, or unique stays. Mm. Well, let's start with hostels. I think hostels are a great social place. They're a great 
place to go if you're on a low budget. You're looking at like a dorm style room or a low cost room. Tuna and rice. Absolutely. You know, got the cooking facilities. You could save a bit of coin there. But they're a really social place. So they're great if you're traveling around solo or you're, I mean, you could be traveling with your partner, could be traveling with mates, but it's a great spot to go if if meeting people is really important to your travel Mm. and you want to link up with like-minded people and Mm. potentially go out for a night out or, you know, go knock off a hike at at sunrise with a bunch of randoms that you've never met before. Mm. (laughs) So yeah, I mean, a lot of my best times traveling have been staying at hostels and some of the stories that come from from those nights are pretty uh, interesting. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, and then what's next? We got hotels, obviously a bit more luxury. You want some of those amenities and mm. free soaps and buffet brickies and <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I guess you, you miss out on some of that social aspect from a hotel. It's, you're very much sort of in your group there. Actually, the, the recent thing, my recent experience with, with a hotel was having shoe shine. They had soap, the shampoo, and the shower gel, and the 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 shower cap, and then the shoe shine. Are you one of those people that steals the soaps and like the little bath gels when you go to a hotel? I, I take them all with me. <laughs> I knew it. It's because I'm Dutch. <laughs> a Dutch has Dutch people type. Yeah. yeah, Google it. <laughs> and then what was the last one? We got uh, um, glamping. Glamping. Oh, glamping's. There's some cool glamping spots in New Zealand, but I feel yeah. like glamping is like. You with the girlfriend, you with the wife. It's like a romantic getaway. Get the old pizza oven out and the the outdoor bath and gaze away into the, the sunset. Yeah, I went on one last year actually and singed my hair in a pizza oven. So <laughs> bad memes, but yeah. Nice, nice, nice. Okay, so question number three. I love travel, but find it exhausting. How do you keep going to make the most of it? Let's I think go. it's about going to new places. You know, rather than having that same holiday experience at the same spot, for me, it's about going to places I haven't been before because that just creates instant excitement. The second would be choosing the people you travel with wisely because I feel like travel is so your, – your travel experience is so much affected by the people that you travel with. And for me, that's about picking people that have got good energy. When I travel, I like to bundle a million things into my day and tick off a bunch of different stuff. So finding someone that can match that energy that's going to wake me up at like 5 in the morning and get me out of bed when I'm sulking and – get a coffee down me. Those are the kind of people you need on board. And then my last thing is just doing things a little bit differently. So jumping in a lake in the middle of winter or getting up at 4am with a head torch to go knock something off. Cause I think that really just adds to the experience. And, you know, even if you're up early and you're going to try and bang a sunrise hike out and it pulls down with rain, it's still a good story regardless of if you got that sunrise. So I think just mixing things up a bit, eh? Mount Stoke. Yeah, yeah. We're looking at a little Mount Stokes adventure in, in the Marlborough Sounds. Next month. Next month. So mm. we're already planning that. It's about a four or five hour return. So we're going to have to be out pretty early for that one to get there for, for sunrise. Yeah. But I'm looking forward to that. Big shift. What about you? How do you make the most of your travel? Yeah, so the way I keep up the energy and I guess the the enthusiasm, because travel can be exhausting. It can be exhausting. You're going from place to place and, you know, obviously you're spending money and you're on the road and there's lots of travel and there's caves in between and you're getting like bugger all asleep. And, but that's all part of the fun of it. But I think my my biggest motivator that keeps me going is, and I, I guess it comes down to, to my profession and my hobby, but I love going for the photo. I love going for those sunrise missions. I love the opportunity to get up for golden hour at the top of a mountain or something like for me, my biggest motivator is being able to capture a really nice photo. And it's not just to put on the gram or anything like that. I just love the artistry that goes in behind a really great photo. And that's what gets me up a mountain. That's what gets me up in the morning. And that's what keeps my energy going. Nice. So I think we've got time for one more question. Let's do it. The question is, 
do you plan to launch in Australia? 100%. The initial plan is to launch in New Zealand. So, yeah, end of November is the plan at the moment. Obviously, at this stage, that'll likely be a domestic market. Hopefully, we'll see our Australian friends somewhere towards the back end of the year or early January. It would be awesome. Get Kiwis and Aussies interacting with the app, cruising around some of these spots in New Zealand. And then from there, we'll look to expand into Australia and get a bit of that vice versa with Kiwis going over there as well. Aussies coming over here and really extend that whole bucket list of amount of different things that people can tick off. All right, well, we'll wrap it up there. If you want to stay up to date with everything to do with the app, or if you're a business that wants to list or find out more about how you could get involved with the app, go onto the Roadie website and join our mailing list. Absolutely. And I guess just before we wrap up, I want to say a big thanks to Fortune Favors for coming to the party. The adventure has been a, a great drop for episode two of the Roadie podcast. Also, a big thanks to Stirred Media. Stirred Media are the producers of our podcast and have done an awesome job so far. Indeed. Thanks for listening. Thank you. Ka kite.